stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Reading is a treasure. When you open up a good book, you unlock the wonders of another universe. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today the theme for our show is the gift of literacy. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. Each week, we bring you a stimulating, mind-bending, motivating program based on a chapter from our award-winning book, Be The Star You Are for Teens. Simple gifts for living, loving, laughing, learning, and leading. With regard to this week's theme, The Gift of Literacy, we are going to examine how you can use the miracle of books to expand your mind in exciting ways. We have a power-packed show for you today, so hang in tight because this is a topic that's very near and dear to everyone who volunteers for our beloved nonprofit charity, Be The Star You Are. I want to share with you some horrifying statistics about illiteracy in our contemporary world, and I also want to share with you some of the terrific work that BTSYA is doing every day to combat this illiteracy epidemic. Now, I think that you might be really surprised to hear about how horrifying some of the statistics are that count the literacy rate in America. I mean, did you know that the cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers and businesses is $25 billion every year? That is ridiculous. (laughs) It's insane. It's mind-boggling. And did you know that according to the Department of Communications and Public Affairs, low literacy and communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributions, major contributions to general conduct disorders, psychiatric disorders, criminal behavior, and adolescent suicide. So while you can't say that there's an evidence of causation there, there certainly is a very strong correlation. And that's quite troubling. Um, And and it, it kind of makes you wonder why there isn't more discussion about this topic. I think maybe it's because we we're in this day and age in this technological world. We have the world and every opportunity at our fingertips. And we just think that all these problems are things of the past. But in reality, there are so many people who can't read and they might be your neighbors. They might be your friends. They might be the parents of your friends. They're just next door. Mm, that's, you know, it's sad how, how, low the statistic is for people who are literate and we're in such an advanced country that it shocks me how how big that number is that they're how big the illiteracy percentage of the population is it's absolutely mind-boggling that we have so many people who can't read or write but we're in such an advanced country we have a good education system we um well better than everybody else and uh 
you know, all these different things that should be improving those numbers, not, not letting them decline. Right, right. And, you know, I think this all starts very young. I mean, it's, of course, you can learn a new language when you're older. You can do anything. It's never too late. But it's easier, I think, to make sure that our children are learning how to read and we address the illiteracy epidemic there. Because I think once you're a child and you're imbued with this idea that reading is such a wonderful and a magical thing, I mean, I think that's Mm -hmm. really the way to hit hard at this problem. And it's so interesting that last year, nearly four in 10 fourth graders nationwide failed to achieve even partial mastery of the reading skills that they needed for school success. And it kind of makes you wonder that in this world where it seems like we're kind of all being pushed toward math and science and technological innovation, you know, the whole trend towards STEM education, are we forgetting the crucial humanistic element that's in that? You know, I know that you and I, Asia, going to college, we're faced with these questions all the time because now we're, we're finally having to choose a course of study and everything's really going to be concentrated around that. Whereas in mm-hmm. high school and junior high, we kind of got a broad range of academic disciplines available for our exploration. And I know that when I go to college, I'm really going to want a liberal arts element present in my study and in, in my course of study. And so it's interesting because I was looking at different majors that are offered at the college I'm going to go to and they have, you know, the typical biology and microbiology and that sort of thing, because I'm interested in science, but they also have a cool one called history of science, which kind of combines, it's an interdisciplinary major kind of combining the science with the humanities. And so I'm really Mm -hmm. tantalized by that too. So I know that in my future course of study, I'm going to want to include courses and keep that option open of, you know, honing my reading skills because that's important no matter what you do and no matter what your job is. Exactly, exactly. And literacy is something that is just so important for the real world. You know, every job you're going to get requires literacy, you know, talking to people, communicating with people, just being out there in the world. It requires that because, you know, it's a, it symbols, signs, you know, billboards, you know, warning signs. It's all universal. So if, if you can't read or, or anything like that, you know, how are you going to be able to, you know, function in that kind of, you know, environment? It's, and especially when you go to school, like, uh, I, I read a statistic um, saying two out of three uh, fourth graders who don't read at the basic level um, will either, uh, I think they they will be in jail or they will be in in the juvenile system, uh, and it's just I just could not believe how how devastating that number was because you know we have such a crazy educational system to where we're able to advance kids through school. You know why why is that number so big and why aren't we doing something about it to where we are allowing these fourth graders to not be literate enough to where they can't advance in school and they are threatened in their future and their their future is in danger. It's it's very sad. It is so sad. And, you know, in some of the literacy, the, the literature that we hand out for BTSYA, one of the statistics that we have on there is that to determine how many prison beds will be needed in future years, many states base their projections on how well current elementary students perform on reading tests. I read so again, that one that, too. It, that correlation is astounding. Um, I had no idea that it has such far-reaching effects. And I think that my own sort of ignorance in that regard is probably reflective of a lot of people's unawareness about how much of an epidemic this really is. It's not just 
a, a small issue bubbling up in different pockets of America or pockets of mm-hmm. the world. It's really an epidemic sweeping across this, this mm-hmm. country and this world. Exactly. And, and just the way um, it's just, I don't think literacy and illiteracy is something that is very focused on at the moment, you know, because we have all this technology, we have texting, we have email, we have voice command where you can write your text with you just talking into your phone. And, you know, it no longer requires writing something down or actually reading or just physically taking the moment to write out what you want to say. And it, it's just absolutely amazing how how fast and how rapidly our, our uh, illiter- illiteracy percentage is just climbing, you know, because we had, we have emails where we just type, we don't actually, uh, you know, physically write a letter to somebody. And then you have autocorrect where you just, you know, you right click and then you say, oh, okay, that's the, the appropriate spelling. You can't mentally fix the the word that you spelled wrong and you can't learn from that mistake it's it just it does it all for you which is scary that's really interesting because you know my english teacher actually has this thing where he for any formal essay we're required to handwrite it mla format mm-hmm. just like people have done for decades and decades and he doesn't want us to type it up and i never mm-hmm. really understood that until recently when i was talking to him after school one day and he said that the problem is when students are typing up their essays the spell check is taking care of any spelling errors for them. Exactly. Now some programs have a sort of grammar check thing as well, whereby it'll underline the phrases a different color if it thinks that you made some sort of gram- grammatical or syntactical error there. Mm-hmm. And then you can just sort of click on it and then change it to one of the recommended options. And because of that, students are perhaps losing the ability to really think for themselves and and to actually be able to spell. I mean... You know, my brother loves to do different spelling bees and everything each year. And sometimes I go visit those. And when I when I listen to the competition, I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, I can't even spell some of those words. And so I wonder that even though as people are becoming more and more educated, we're losing this really crucial aspect of uh, uh, this crucial part of our education, which is literacy. And mm-hmm. I also think it's important to bring up that women are hit especially hard by the illiteracy epidemic. I mean, particularly in developing countries, countries perhaps in stage two or early stages, early stage three on the demographic transition, Mm -hmm. women are usually the ones who don't have the option to go to school and therefore are illiterate. And that's really unfortunate because one of my favorite quotes goes something like, if you educate a man, you educate the man. But if you educate a woman, you educate a village. Uh huh. I think I think that's really cool because usually the women um, are the ones who are taking care of the children in those kind of countries, and they're the ones that are educating everything um, that goes on with the children. You know, they teach them how to read, they teach them how to write, they teach them how to basically do anything. And if women there don't have the skill of literacy, you know, how are they expected to fully educate their children to become successful in whatever that society is? I, it's just shocking. Right, right. And the statistics for that are even more horrifying. I mean, of the 1 billion illiterate people in the world, two thirds are women. And I think if that doesn't Mm -hmm. indicate something to you, then, you know, I don't know what to tell you, because I think that's, that's quite staggering. And that's definitely evident of gender inequality being a part of this whole illiteracy epidemic that that didn't happen by chance and mm-hmm. on average illiterate women bear six to eight children compared with literate women who have two and, mm-hmm. and so I think that also is evidence of the fact that 
literacy is not just about being able to read a good book. I mean, it gives you the tools to understand healthcare policies and the political happenings going on and to understand some of the economic stuff that you need to know to start a business or to carry out your day-to-day life. I mean, literacy is not just for fun purposes, even though it is quite fun to be able to read a great book. It's also yeah. necessary a necessary skill to survive in this world if you want to be effective and productive. Exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, going back to what we were saying earlier, how it's something that's a real-world skill, you need it. It's it's not just to read fancy books. It's not just to write fancy letters with your calligraphy skills. It's something that is is used universally to be functional in society. You know, it's something that everybody needs to have to contribute, um, especially with your job or, you know, if you have to do something that requires you to be successful because it's, it's something that you need to really um, – to really promote yourself, you know, branding yourself, you know, um, being able to have people know who you are. You know, if you want to get that high in society, you've got to have those basic skills because just something like that is just absolutely important. Right, right. It's so important. And I think if the not not having access to opportunities to be able to read is just another way to enchain, you know, children and particularly women in these countries. And so that problem really needs to be addressed. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for this great conversation, Hannah. It is so true that we need to conquer this illiteracy epidemic. As founder Cynthia Bryan says, to be a leader, you must be a reader. During the break, be sure to check out btsya.org, where you can make a tax-deductible donation to help this nonprofit charity continue its noble efforts to counter illiteracy. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Hannah Hundle. Also, please check out our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com to see photos, descriptions, links, and more. Stay right here with us as we continue our conversation on literacy. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel.
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. You are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by Be The Star You Are charity. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today our show is all about the gift of literacy. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. In the last segment, we discussed the great work that Be The Star You Are does to promote literacy and positive media. I agree that literacy is crucial because when you, it's important to have literacy when you have relationships with people and you go out in the real world, um, as we were talking about in the other in the last segment, how you need to promote yourself in, in society. And why? Because our main source of communication is through words, whether it's through audible conversation or a letter or even text. Uh, these require the skill to read as well as write. And in today's society, I believe our writing skills are becoming impaired by modern technology. We no longer take the time to write things out, whether it be a letter or something as small as a memo. You know, we now type in our phones, we type it in our computers, our tablets, or we even voice command what we want to say or do now. You know, all relationships require communication. And how can there be a contribution to society if our citizens are illiterate? And it's a sad thought that there are so many. There are many um, charities actually to help eliminate illiteracy. Uh, Reach Out and Read prepares America's youngest children to succeed in school by partnering with doctors to prescribe books and encourage families to read together. And I think that is so true because uh, there's a quote. It says, literacy is learned. Illiteracy is passed along by parents who cannot read or write. You know, if you cannot read or write... How are you to teach your children that skill that they need to promote themselves in society? You know, and First Book provides access to new books for children um, in need. And to date, First Book has distributed more than 85 million books and educational resources to programs in schools serving children from low-income families throughout the United States. And wow. Yeah, I just think that's absolutely amazing that that needs to be done yeah. more. You know, our children need to be supported uh, in that kind of area. We need to we need to help them along and ch- uh, parents need to um, dive into that kind of thing with their children so that they can um, help them advance. You know, I, re- I remember when I was reading my first book and it was about chicken pox. I, I don't remember the title, but um, it was just how this little boy had chicken pox and he, and he scratched himself all the time. And then his mom gave him like an oatmeal bath or something like that. And then he got all better. And I remember that I was reading that and I could see how all those letters looked so confusing to me. And I had no idea what those strange things were. <laughs> and I remember how my mom and dad taught me to read. They were there to help me grow so that I can become better at my reading skills. Mm-hmm. And I thank them so much for that. And now my parents have to actually tell me to put my books down and come to the dinner table or yes. go do my homework or even go to bed. Like they'll, they'll come in my room to say goodnight. They'll be like, dude, you need to go to bed. Put down the book, you know, go to sleep. <laughs> you know, I was so, that kid who would take a little flashlight with me to bed and take my book and hide under the covers and read. And so I can definitely me too. relate to I can totally relate to that, never wanting to put the book down. And I love exactly. these two programs that you mentioned because, first of all, Reach Out and Read kind of reminds me of something that I used to do and I hope to be able to continue sometime pretty soon. Um, I used to actually go to the nursing home, the local nursing home in my town, 
And one and one of the, my favorite activities to do with the patients of that nursing home was to read books to them. Mm-hmm. And so I would kind of rotate. I would visit each room, and I would first introduce myself, have a great conversation with whatever patient's room I had stumbled upon, and then I would have a selection of books with me. And you know, I would let them pick what book they wanted me to read to them, and I would do my little performance for them in their room. And I can tell you, the smile that would come on their face—I never, I'll never forget that. And you know, reading together just sharing these words of wisdom together with people, whether it be with your family, reading around the fireplace at Christmas time, or mm-hmm. just reading with people you really don't even know, like these these patients that I would meet right then and there. There's just something that kind of binds you together. There's like a unifying tissue that's formed with reading a great book together. It's so amazing. And also, I love that you mentioned the first book program because it kind of reminds me of all the great work that BTSYA does and has done to counter the illiteracy epidemic. I mean, BTSYA has donated thousands upon thousands of books and medias and videos and other resources to different programs and, you know, in times of disaster relief to bring bring some light, bring some positivity to the horrible circumstances. And so I think a book is a light in and of itself. It's, it's a little a gem that can really help brighten anyone's day, whether you read the book out loud Mm -hmm. to them, read the book with them, or just give them a book to read themselves. Uh, Exactly. You know, we, I, uh, at my church, um, I am a teacher, uh, in the, um, toddler class and we have three-year-olds to about six-year-olds and, um, they're a little young to know how to read. You know, some of the six-year-olds are a little bit older and they'll be going into the, the older class because, you know, they've, they've learned how to interact better and, you know, they have some skills that the littler, littler kids don't have. Um, so some of them know how to read and, you know, they'll help out, they'll, they'll help the younger kids, you know, know what something else says, um, on one another, the directions on the crafts that we do. And it's just amazing because some of the kids, while we're reading the Bible story, you know, will they'll come up and and then they'll start reading for us, and we'll be like, oh, okay, so go ahead. And it's it's just so amazing to know that these little little children can do that and help out the younger kids uh, with that kind of thing. And I just think it's wonderful, and I think it needs to be passed on from parent to child that families need to be more involved in that kind of thing, because it's just so important. You know, I don't, I don't know how you could keep your child from having that kind of skill that is just so important. Right, right. And, and I think one way to really foster that love of reading is to figure out what type of reading your child enjoys, what genre. Because perhaps mm-hmm. um, mystical fiction isn't for everybody, or maybe historical fiction isn't for everybody. But perhaps if your child loves to stay informed with the news and they find that exciting, then keep a newspaper open on the table each morning. So when they come down for breakfast, they see that newspaper. And as they Mm -hmm. eat, they can read about everything going on in the world. I mean, that's a a crucial part of literacy as well. It helps you stay informed about happenings in our world. And so your child can read a newspaper. Or if your child really loves nonfiction and learning about you know, all the politics and economics. I mean, you can definitely find books that way as well. So it doesn't have to be Harry Potter books or anything like that if that's not what you're interested in. The reading is such a vast and open arena and all the genres are outstanding and more and more different types of books are coming out. And there's really a niche for everyone to find that type of book that they love and want to invest themselves in. And so definitely kind of have a conversation with your child about what type of 
reading they enjoy and then make sure to promote that. And I'm sure that, you know, once you start reading one type of book, it gets kind of infectious and you want to read another type of book and another type of book. And that's how you start that domino effect, that chain reaction. So you can just mm-hmm. start small with just putting out one small book, giving it to them for Christmas or putting laying out the newspaper on the dinner table. Just small things like that can really make yeah. a difference. Yeah, actually, what my parents did was every night before we went to bed, uh, we would get one of the children's books, and she would listen to us read it out loud. So we n- not only knew how to read, but we knew how to read out loud. Because I I know some people who they're comfortable with reading by themselves, where they're just uh, reading the words in their mind, but then they're uncomfortable with reading out loud in the middle of a class. You know, reading words out loud for people to hear. So they made us uh, read books out loud so we were comfortable doing that and we had that skill along with being able to read inside our heads and just looking at the words and reading them. And uh, we had we, – my brother shared a room and then I had my own room. So both rooms had a whiteboard and we would have that in there so we can um, – so we can write and just draw. And so that would teach us how to hold that pen or pencil or mark or whatever in our hand. And we would get used to writing words and letters. And, and we had such a blast with it. And, you know, we used it for fun. But it also taught us how to write and how to, how to you know, further our skills and that kind of thing. And it was, it was a super smart idea. I'm glad that they, that they did that for us. You know, it's a, it's a good tip to keep. Oh, for sure. And we have a little stand-up chalkboard in my home too and although my brother and I no longer really use it anymore I kind of want to keep that as a keepsake in our house because that's where I really learned to hone my writing skills and I'm actually really into calligraphy and so you know I I think it's important to maintain that art of writing as well because with the digitization of everything we're kind of losing that personal touch that comes about when you handwrite something and you know, I know a lot of people today who don't even care about their handwriting at all. I mean, their handwriting is so illegible. And I don't know, for me, just because I've always loved to, you know, practice writing out my letters and writing out my words on that chalkboard, I really have this affinity for writing. Mm-hmm. I love writing. You know, sometimes I get that writer's block. Um, and it, what what's amazing, and it still astonishes me, you know, sometimes people have a certain writing preference. Uh, you know, maybe my writing style just wasn't right, but I, I was always in an English class where my teacher did not like the way I wrote my essays. And I would always get a bad grade on them. And I, and I was just like, what is going on? Do I need to improve something? Is there something I'm doing wrong? You know, I would try and ask the teacher for help, and they would show me how to do it. And I'd do it, and I just, it still wouldn't improve. So then I go into this college class that I need um, so I can get rid of some credits and apply them to the college that I'm going to. I took this class, and a lot of it has to do with writing essays and analytical essays. You know, once you read a book, we would write about it, um, you know, just a topic like, what did the author mean by this quote? You know, how does it apply to the entire book? Just something like that. And my very first essay that I turned into her, and I was confident about it, and I was like, okay, I'm going to really, really look into this essay and do it as best as I can. So I turned it into her and I got an A on the essay and I was just so happy. I was so happy. I was like, I finally am in a class to where I can get a good grade on the essay center. It was just, it was a great feeling. Yeah. You know, doesn't it feel great when people validate you like that and validate your writing in particular? Yeah, exactly. I know I've talked to a lot of authors and writers and 
it seems, and even non-authors and non-writers, and it seems that a lot of people are kind of insecure about the way that they write and they hope that their essays are great and the content that producing is wonderful. And when people validate them and are moved by those words, it's such an amazing feeling for both the reader and the writer. You know, I know that with my journalism efforts, I always love it when people are touched by what I reported on or really connected to it in some way. And so I, I always love that kind of validation and reaffirmation of my work. Yeah, exactly. It, sure. It's a good feeling. It's such a great feeling. Well, thank you very, very much, Asia, for this great conversation. You brought up a lot of notable points about how powerful, really remarkable a gift literacy can be. During the break, be sure to check out our radio website at expressyourselfteenradio.com. I'm Hannah Hundle. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. Also remember to visit our charity site at btsya.org to stay up to date with all our latest programs, events, and activities. We'll be back in the next segment as we continue our conversation on literacy. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. What do you want to do? Are you interested in the performing arts? If so, make sure you tune in to the Angel and Harmony Show. Angel and Harmony have experience singing, acting, and performing in general and want to help you live out your dreams of the future. Whether you are interested in acting, modeling, dancing, or singing, this is the show for you. We'll even give you the scoop on being behind the scenes if you're a little shy. The Angel and Harmony Show is heard live every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Hannah Hundle, and today's hot topic is the gift of literacy. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. We are having a blast today discussing such a powerful topic. To get more insight, we're turning to the author and career strategist, Carol Kristen, who has worked extensively with teens and young adults. Richard Nelson Bowles wrote the perennial bestseller, What Color is Your Parachute? as a career guide. And now Carol furthers his work with the third edition of What Color is Your Parachute for Teens? Discover Yourself, Design Your Future, and Plan for Your Dream Job. The book is an updated career guide for teens that help high school and college students zero in on their favorite skills and find their perfect major or career. As you can imagine, we are so excited to get some wisdom on this matter from such a passionate and purposeful guest. Carol, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Hannah. I'm so, <laughs> so if a teen has no idea what he or she wants to be, how does this guide uh, draw on the time-tested principles of the career classic, what color is your parachute to help them discover individual passions, skills, and potential college majors and dream jobs? Step by step. Um, <laughs> each, I have summarized um, 
parachute, what color is your parachute, into the first about 52 pages of this book. And all throughout the book, but especially in those first 52 pages, are discovery exercises which lead a young adult, once they are filled out, to knowing what's important to them in a job. But the shortcuts to what you're looking for are interests. We need to know what a young person's interests are, and then we need to help them build a bridge between what are those interests and what jobs can I do with them, and that's what Parachute does. That's very true. That's very true. And, you know, me being a part of the public school system, and I'm around a lot of sometimes cynical kids and who, who kind of think that right now they're a little invincible and they don't really have to worry about their futures and it'll all kind of fall into place later on down the road. And right now they're just going to be kids and have fun and party it up. And, you know, I think you're the person to really turn to to tear down this idea because why do you think it's important for kids to really get serious right now? You betcha, because when we ask adults, and that is over the age of 21, what they regret about high school, (laughs) there is one clear comment, and it is not that they wish they'd have partied more. That surprised me, as a matter of fact. The comment was, I wish I had used those years to figure out my options. And, Mm -hmm. And that is so far away, the number one regret of adults with regard to high school students that we have to bring it up now with high school students. Exactly, exactly. And a lot of people are, are some people are using this time to really, um, you know, figure out their future and, you know, um, try to understand what they need to do. So tell us about the three-part plan. Okay, once someone has some ideas, the three-part plan is simply a consumer protection. How do you get the best choice for you right after high school? And that's going to be pulling in three different sources of information. What can you do in terms of work now, right now, with your qualifications from high school? What could you do with a short course, a specific tech course, or an AA degree, or Mm -hmm. what could you do with a bachelor's degree? Because what we have to do is compare the return on investment for each of those, the time that each of those takes, and what it's going to cost, and then what's your starting salary? Which of those three will take you the fastest into a job in an area that is of high interest or fascination. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very true. And, you know, that kind of brings to mind the whole dichotomy between dreams versus reality. You know, you talk about weighing the cost versus the benefits, looking at this all very practically. But then, you know, that young people are so kind of, you know, dreaming huge and dreaming big and thinking that they can conquer the world. What would you say to a young person with these huge dreams? Should he hold on to them or should he try to infuse an element of practicality and pragmatism into them? Bring it on. Bring me those big dreams because, baby, we need them. We don't Mm -hmm. need small dreams in this country anymore. We need people to bail us out of the river. Listen. 
lovelies, and I love teens, and I love their energy, but let first, before you, what I know from working with young adults is everyone is surprised at all the options they have when they do the research on it. Okay, you cannot tumble out of high school, you cannot tumble out of college and go, gee, what should I do? This is a research project. When I taught university, I had 45 hours. That was three hours a week for 15 weeks. This was the perfect amount of time. Some of my students left, uh, and this was at Sonoma State University, now called Cal State University, Sonoma. But some of them left with jobs. Others of them left nearly with jobs. But it took all of those 45 hours plus about 60 hours outside of class. So mm. there's there's time here, people. Get going on it. Yeah, I love that. I love that because we don't need to be an adult to figure out what we want to do. We can do it right nope. now. You and can do it right I now and you that. can start putting um, step-by-step in place. Um, mm-hmm. There's a young writer named Anya Kamenetz, and she's barely cracked 30 now. She published her first book when she was about 26, um, and it was a huge seller. And one of the things, she is now a very, very successful um, freelance writer. She is a successful author and speaker, and she got her first internship at 15. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is why it's so important. In high school, young people have a roof over their heads and food on the table, clothes on the back, and transportation. Now I understand that there are teens who do not have this. Mm-hmm. And for those young people, my heart weeps. But for yeah. the majority, you've got four years of somebody else paying the bills. This is the only time in your life when you can chase down every single occupational idea you've got, every single occupational dream. And, again, where I start is give me your dreams. Let's see if we can do them. If not, what part of them will make you happiest? And that's what we build out towards. Exactly. You know, I'm part of a group called Independent Youth. I wonder if you've heard of them. Um, But we go around the country talking to uh, high school students, telling them and encouraging them that even though you may not have all the resources that you want, you can still go out there and get what you want. You can go out there, build your dreams, you know, build that future for you, go to that college that you want. All you have to do is work towards it and have that confidence that you need and you know you have, you just got to use it. And and high school it are the best four years of your life, not only because of the fun that you're, you're going to have with your, with your friends and all that stuff, but you're able to do all of this just all of these things that your mind wants you and your heart tells you to do while you have a family living with you and supporting you. You know, you're going to have your parents who are paying for your food, your phone bill, your car bill, uh, your food and your clothes and your room and just all of that stuff unless, you know, you have a job and you're able to, to do that for yourself. But you have that for you and you're able to chase all that down. So what we do is we go around, we talk to these kids, you know, saying, you know, sometimes there are teens who don't have the the connections that they need. You know, they may not have a right to school or they may not have parents who are very supportive of their children on what they want to do. And my parents, I am so lucky to have parents who have supported me throughout my entire journey and starting my own company. Um, but they were there the entire time. And I, and you know, all of the teens that are a part of IY, um, independent youth, 
we tell all the students that we talk to, you know, you may not have your parents who are supportive of you, but there's always someone out there who will be willing to cheer you on through whatever you're doing, and you can go to them for advice. You know, maybe your teacher, your grandma, your aunts and uncles, or just a coach or an adult that you trust or someone that has been in the same path that you want to go down. And you can even go to websites for mentors that you need. And it's it's something that needs to be promoted that, you know, you may not have the resources that you need. You just got to go out there and find it. Well, my dear, you are one bright spark. Um, <laughs> I love independent youth. I did not know about them, but I do now. And <laughs> I would definitely check noted. them out. Um, first, uh, you are absolutely right in that mentors are so helpful. But sometimes we just stumble across them. It's not a formal process. Mm-hmm. And so if anyone who hears this wants to go to the book Facebook page at um, its parachute, the letter four teens, I can be a mentor to absolutely anyone around the world. Mm-hmm. Just go to that page, like it, and ask me a question. I am 100% for teens and young adults and want to help them find their futures um, because young adults, are our future. And so please, please, please let me connect you and support you. The other thing that you are talking about, which teens, you know, they're so wonderful, but they're also so, oh my gosh, I am nothing. But Mm -hmm. let me tell you something, and I mentioned this in the book, and it needs to be underscored a thousand times. Teens have the wow factor. Adults will open doors, kick over doors, play, block, and tackle. They will do anything to help a teen make a decision, have an experience, come get more information. They will do things for teens that they will not do for young adults, in college even. They will not do for interns. It's simply that... Everyone remembers what it was like to be a clueless teen. It's so painful that (laughs) as adults, we will do anything to help teens. And so teens must first know that and be responsible with that power. You ask uh, a mentor to do something, remember that if you don't follow through, you don't go through the door they just kicked open for you. That door then shuts for every teen that comes after you. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much. That is just such an awesome conversation. You are truly inspirational. And I love all the work that you've been doing with teens because it's really needed. So thank you so much, Carol, for sharing all of this insight. And during the break, be sure to check out the website for Carol's book at parachute number four teens.com. Again, that's parachute number four teens.com. During the break, please visit our radio site at expressyourselfradio.com. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Hannah Hundle. And also be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for Be the Star You Are 501 C3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. Stay right here with us as we continue our conversation with Carol. Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Hannah Hundle, and our program is Express Yourself. Today, the theme for our show is the gift of literacy. And I'm Asia Gonzalez. We've been talking with the awesome Carol Kristen, expert career strategist and author of What Color Is Your Parachute for Teens? The book offers specific strategies to help you discover your passions, skills, and potential college majors and dream jobs. With fresh updates on the specific challenges of today's job market, the new edition features activities and advice on information interviewing, social media internships, and more. Most importantly, it is packed with big picture advice that will set you up to land the job that's perfect for who you are and who you want to be. It's some very awesome information, too, and very important for us to to internalize. Hi again, Carol. Thanks for staying with us. Oh, my pleasure, ladies. So, one of your reality checks in What Color Is Your Parachute for Teens surprised us. It said that fewer than half of all students who start college finish their degree. Do you have any statistics on what pursuits these dropouts do? And, of course, we know that Steve Jobs never finished college, and he grew up to be this crazy CEO, but, you know. Yeah. Um, Those are the exceptions, of course, and that's why you're cautious. What Mm -hmm. we know is that in 2013, 400,000 recent, and by recent, that means since 2011, so from 2011 to 2013, 400,000 recent college graduates were frontline in fast food. If Mm -hmm. that's not what you want to do, you jolly better, better go into college. And that is any education or training after high school with a plan, because what we know is that young people with a plan get their goal. Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of job, you know, you can use it as a backup job for funds that you're raising for your college career. You know, that's understandable. Um, But it's scary to think that that's all that, you know, some people, uh, you know, chase after. You know, they don't chase after more, they don't right. uh, attribute to more. You know, it's it's sad, and I, re- I wish there was more encouragement in being more than just that. What we have to hammer is the fact that career development is a body of knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's just like history or calculus or um, how you work a computer. It's a body exactly. of knowledge. And for young people... 
it is a very important body of knowledge to know the basics of, and then what do I do in my 20s? What do I do in my 30s? Because what happens is that unless you have a plan for using your education, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. You know, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but it just depends on what you do with it. Yep. Right. Right. And, you know, I think part of that body of knowledge that you talk about, I think one thing very crucial there is good manners. And I think that's something that young people really need to start taking on. And that's a skill as well. You know, writing thank you notes after an interview and for the people who've coached you and mentored you. And, you know, I wonder that with all the young people that you've worked with, Carol, are you finding that your clients actually take the time to handwrite you a thank you note? (laughs) My clients don't need to handwrite me a thank you note. But if they don't thank me in a quick message or email, I will beat them about the ears, at least metaphorically. I am (laughs) so sorry that people didn't grow up with my grandma because she made it plain from the age of four, I was four, she was older, that if I ever wanted another present from her, I would thank her for the the current one I was given. And that's mm. just so true. Do you know, and this is just, you know, to hear, I have now sent out 20 books of the new edition, What Color Is Your Parachute for Teens? I have received a thank you note from less than one quarter of those people. Uh, what a bummer. Yeah. So it's wow. not just teens, it's adults. We do not have a culture of gratitude. Mm -hmm. So let's remember that if someone gives you something, whether or not it's their time, whether or not it's information, whether or not it's actually a resource in the form of a book or a website you can use, you thank them. And these days, an email thank you is just every bit as good as a handwritten note. Lovely to get those notes, but you get the black mark against you if Someone has given you something and you have not responded, and that's an interview, that's a chance to try out for an internship, that is a letter of recommendation that goes in your portfolio, you respond within 24 hours or you look like you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You look ungrateful. You look very ungrateful. And you know who gets jobs? The people who are grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gives, it gives a good first impression. You know, your first impression is yep. crucial. Crucial. And there's a whole protocol on social, using social media, and that's in Chapter 8 of this uh, new edition. It's been completely redone, but I highly recommend it for all young people because you want to start out with a social media footprint that's working for you and not against you. And, mm-hmm. of course, since sending email thank you notes is part of that, then, again, everything I currently know about the use of social media is in that chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of talk from employers, you know, saying that we check your social media account, be sure that it doesn't go against you. You know, there's not something that we can find on there that will uh, steer us away from wanting to hire you. You know, they'll always they're starting to check every kind of social media there is, you know, your Instagram, your Facebook, your Twitter. And if there's something that goes against your moral on what you presented yourself as on the interview, 
then they'll just drop you because they want somebody who is professional and representing their business in a positive way. So what I've heard is that, you know, you could have your personal accounts for whatever you have, but also have a business account that you can refer them to that has what you want to show on it. And whatever you do with your personal account is your business. Yep. That is just absolutely so true. And what happens even, uh, people don't, don't wait until you're actually in the interview process, you can get dropped way before that because just mm-hmm. expect that because um, most hiring managers now are the bottom of Gen X in age or they are in the top of the millennial cohort. These, young, these people go instantly to check your name. So you mm-hmm. have to know two things. Who else has your name? And what does their social profile look like? And two, yep. a really, really positive professional social media yeah. presence for yourself. Yes. You yeah. divide it in two. There's your business life and your personal life. Um, don't get too wacky on the personal because some people, uh, some uh, recruiters know how to find that too. Exactly, exactly. And I heard a quote from the CEO of Redbox that we had at one of our symposiums in uh, St. Louis, um, I mean, Atlanta, Georgia. He said, it's not only who you know, but who knows you. You know, what are people saying about you? What's your reputation to everybody else? Right. And one of the fastest ways to establish who knows you is you start to either on your Twitter account or through your social media, you start following the people who are the top 10 in the field that interests you. Mm-hmm. And you make contact with those people and you say, hey, saw you this blog, loved it. Hey, you know, um, I'm 16 years old, this resonated with me, blah, blah. You just keep making contact with people who are the fabulous stars in the field Mm -hmm. you want to go into. And that makes a big difference. The United States is blessed and cursed with our informal networks. But one of the blessings happens when we want career information or we want some sort of a career track record. When you've established yourself on social media, even if no one has ever met you in person, they will support you because of what they know of you through your social media contacts. Exactly. Wow. Wow. That's so interesting. And do you think that now in this digital age, it's beneficial to put a resume online? Because I know that you wrote that resumes are not even useful anymore for job hunting. So I'm curious how you think it's best to use some of these platforms online that allow you to attach resumes to find jobs. If someone wants a resume, then yours jolly well better be perfect. (laughs) So everybody needs to know how to do one. And you have at least three other people set that for you. But it's simply that resumes are summaries. Remember, what does the word mean? History. And young adults rarely have a history that will impress a hiring manager. So for young adults and teens, another format besides a resume is probably going to be much more effective. This is where you link people to your website, to your LinkedIn account, to your Pinterest. You direct 
people to learn about you, where what you want them to know, because you've already got the information about you set up. Mm. Mm, yeah, exactly. You know, there was a fluctuation uh, with the percentage of young adults who are in the workforce, you know, um, early uh, early on, a couple years earlier, you know, there was the recession. So it was more of the older people who were trying to get the jobs that the younger people wanted. So that percentage was dropping. And now there's younger people in the workforce. Uh, there's a ton more because we're now becoming more independent. You know, we want to, we're an independent generation who, who has the mindset of just going after things. But I think we need to be uh, driven more by, by our society. So as a former teacher, are you optimistic about young people's potential to achieve their dreams? If I wasn't, oh, boy, I think I'd probably drink myself to death, which I do. <laughs> I love young people, um, and it's not a platitude. Nobody gets to vote for me, whatever. But if there is any hope for our planet, it all resides with you. Mm, that's great. Thank you very, very much, Carol, for this great conversation. I can't believe how wonderfully... Um, enthusiastic you are about helping teens achieve everything that they can possibly do. Uh, you've definitely given us some useful strategies for identifying our strengths and using them to navigate the professional world. Keep up the great work, and we'll definitely be rooting for you and all the work that you're going to do in the future. For more information on Carol's book, be sure to visit Parachute, that's number four, teens.com, and grab a copy. It is a must-read. As always, all good things must come to an end, and this show gave us an in-depth look at the importance of reading in our everyday lives. If you want an afternoon in paradise, crack open a book. Thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and Perry Damone's Kid Star for producing this show where we empower kids. Thanks to our Voice America Kids crew, especially Bruce Solstein. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Asia Gonzalez. And I'm Hannah Hundle, and you have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teams talk and the world listens. For more info on our creative community, go to btsya.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be a reader and a leader, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would like